Hey everybody, this is Marcos, and I uh, wanted to sit down and do a quick cold opening to this episode. Uh, see, what happened was we went down to Key West over the summer, and we did kind of a whirlwind recording of this amazing guy we met, Danny DeFabio. Danny is the owner of the Rodriguez Cigar Factory, and if you haven't been to Key West and gone to this place, you're really missing out. It's right there in Kino Plaza where they make those really cool sandals that you can only get in Key West. Yeah, same place. So anyway, right next to Mallory Square, really cool little spot there in Key West. Walked in, met Danny, and we sat down for a little bit. He was gracious enough to sit down and give us an interview and tell us a story of his family, wh where they came from in Cuba, uh, how they ended up in Key West. And, and then we got to smoke some amazing cigars during our time there. It was such kind of such a kind of last minute thing. If you listen to it, you'll hear the names of the cigars and you'll want to be looking out for these when you hit your favorite boutique store and you want to ask them at the boutique stores. You want to say, "Hey man, where are the Rodriguez cigars?" cuz I heard they're awesome. So anyways, that's my introduction. <laughs> As the torciadores quietly rolled their cigars and the despaliadoras stripped the stems from the tobacco leaves, they were entertained, informed, and inspired by literature and the daily news. So began the tradition of El Lector, the reader. This is the El Lector podcast, stories and cigars from the exiled south. Smoking the Series 84 Robusto, and you are having the vintage 1925 Series Panatella with the Connecticut wrapper. Mm. That so cigar has a Nicaraguan filler and binder. Um, the filler is coming from both uh, Esteli, Jalapa, um, and the binders are, are Ecuadorian and Nicaraguan. There's a double binder on that. Um, the wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano, mm -hmm. and um, it's taken me about half years to you know get that uh, that blend to uh, to where I think now is it's uh, it's pretty complex got a lot of uh, you know nutty flavors to it super smooth and just one of these cigars that you can smoke in the morning like we're doing right now or afternoon after a meal that's right all right sorry about that was so what is um Tell me, Danny, you, we're here. Your name is Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Dan Rodriguez. Danny DeFabio. Danny DeFabio. A lot of people call me Danny Rodriguez. Oh, okay, so it's DeFabio. It's my mother's uh, side of the business. Okay. They were the Rodriguez. Yeah. Right? All right, so who? So tell me about DeFabio. Well, that's my dad, the Italian. Oh, yeah? yeah from Jersey. From Jersey, yeah. Ah, okay, uh, tell me, how, how did your parents meet? Well, my dad came down here and visited, you know, on vacation. And um, he fell in love with it so much that he ended up moving down here with his with my uncle, his, his oh, older brother. Okay. And then where he moved to uh, was uh, backyard to backyard to my mother. Oh. So he always tells me the story that uh, you know he was mowing the grass and she was out doing the laundry and you know he was talking to her you know across from the fence and, and here we are today. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad moved quick. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. My my, uh, my family came here from Cuba in 1971, and my dad came here like in 1975. Okay. And Danny, how old are you? I'm 34. Cool. Cool. So yeah, this is um, your mother's side of the of the yeah. of the family. Mm -hmm. Where in Cuba were they from? Well, um, they were from Las Villas. Mm -hmm. The town was called Santi Piritu. Um A very very old Victorian, beautiful. You know, beautiful city. Um, that region was well known for growing tobacco, and that's, you know, how my family got involved in this industry was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, growing tobacco, you know, on uh, my grandmother's side of the business, you know, on their on their plantation, 
Uh, my grandfather in Cuba actually owned a Texaco gas station. Mm. You know, so our family had some entrepreneurs in it, and yep. um, it was uh, it was it was very fortunate. My mom said because you know back then, you know they they had access to, to certain things that not most people had, and you know they 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 were fortunate to to, to have what they had, yeah. you know, considering um, the conditions over there. Um, but um, even post-revolution, even 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 well. Post-revolution, we didn't really have anything because yeah, yeah. my, my grandfather had to surrender. You know, they nationalized the property, as the story goes, and you know he uh, he said enough's enough. Mm. You know, he said he had to leave, and what he did was he, um, like many you know Cubans that wanted the opportunity, was to uh, pay taxes on each individual that they wanted to take out. Yeah, and in return. You know, he had to serve as a political prisoner, you know, in Cuba, mm -hmm. which, you know, it wasn't being, you know, incarcerated where, you know, you're you're being dragged a ball and chain by your ankle. You were just, you know, working free yeah. labor for the government, cutting right. down sugarcane, picking onions and, you know, picking tobacco and just doing manual labor mm -hmm. for two years to, to, to now leave. And so he had to, come like, to, the, to come to the U.S. So he's like buying back then. It was like buying your freedom type of thing, or or buying escape. You know, without without me giving the you know exact details of what my grandfather told me, because he's been passed for for quite some time. He told me it was a way that people can get out that had the money uh, and the chance to get out at okay. the time. Okay. You know. Okay. Interesting. And it was very very you know difficult for my family. Yeah. And um, but we're we're here in the United States, man. And what what brought them to Key West? You know, that's a question that it's really hard to answer because I, I, I've, I've asked that question to them numerous times. And, you know, well, how about we do this? How about you ask my grandmother who's sitting next to me uh, okay. why she decided to come to Key West because I get two different answers, man. Let me, yeah, let me throw in there while she's rolling the panatellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bueno, vamos a verlo para que un segundito. We'll do some Spanglish here. Yeah, abuelita, ¿Vos hiciste una pregunta? ¿Por qué, ¿Por qué? Muchas gracias por invitarnos aquí hoy y dejarnos estar aquí con ustedes hoy. ¿A ti te gustan los tabacos, fumar? ¿No? Hacerlo, pero... Hacerlo, pero no fumar. She doesn't like... She likes to make the cigars, but not roll them. I mean, not smoke them. Eh, una pregunta solamente. ¿Qué, qué, cuál, ¿Cuál fue el motivo de la decisión de mudarse en vez de, por ejemplo, Miami o New Jersey o un lugar así a Cayo Hueso? Bueno, porque reclamante fue de una prima mía que vivía aquí ¿no? y nos reclamó Tenía y nos quedamos aquí yeah. ¿Y tu prima se llamaba? murió se murió, ella murió cómo se llamaba tu prima Carmen María Carmen María okay. entonces ustedes se mudaron para acá por... Ajá. Ah, entonces te, ellos te dieron ellos nos reclamaron okay. los vuelos de la libertad ah, los de la libertad y ya ya los sí. últimos que salieron salimos nosotros Eso fue en el 71. El 71. Wow, wow. Bueno, muchas gracias. Y gracias por los tabacos muy, muy ricos para fumar. Oh, sí, sí, sí. Gracias. Sí, mira eso. Mira qué lindo. Buenísimo. Bueno, muchas gracias. So, okay, so we, we basically... We, so, basically, they moved here in, uh, because her cousin claimed them. Claimed them. Claimed us. And... Um, they moved down here because they had family, and they left during the what they call the uh, freedom flights of, of 1971. I need to research that a little bit because that's that's uh, there's so many different stages of Cuban history that happened just in that those first 10 years. They told me that they had cousins here, but the real reason why I think they wanted to come here was Key West was such a tranquil city. Yeah, super super laid back in the 70s. Yeah, it wasn't like it is today with so much tourism yeah you know it was a peaceful little island you know and i i i i think that they wanted to move here just so they don't have to deal with miami traffic no. yeah <laughs> i believe it i believe it yeah so it was quiet my my parents uh or people would say in cuba the miami goes no cayo hueso está lleno de hippies that too <laughs> like it's a key west is full of hippies so they didn't want to move down here but we did have we had a lot of friends that lived down here back then as well. That's why I asked her because it was a small Cuban community that lived here. I asked her the name of her cousin. So okay, so you grew up here, right? Born and raised. Born and raised conch. Yes, sir. What's that like? It's uh, it's amazing. It's different. 
you know, you're, you're in an island in the middle of the ocean, you know, surrounded by such a close-knit community. Yeah. Everyone knows everybody here. Everyone has each other's backs. Um, this community is, is, is very, very different and very welcoming of, you know, diversity. People from all different, you know, parts of the country, the world, you know, and, yeah. and we welcome these people because they want to live the, the island lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, it, it, it's, it is different because I start understanding that so many people in the world want to come to Key West and live here, but people who are born and raised here sometimes take it for granted. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the just how, how beautiful it is and, you know, and, and how isolated it is from the mainland yeah you know and it's a, just a different way of life you know it's 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 hard to, to describe you know in, in more detail besides that but for me it's it's just a more of a relaxed lifestyle yeah yeah so you went to school here then you graduated and what, what happened after yeah. high school you were a big baseball player weren't you yeah just like you <laughs> yeah i was fortunate to uh to play baseball you know my my uncle my dad, you know, both played baseball in college. My uncle was fortunate to get drafted by the Cardinals, you know, first round. And, and um, my dad was fortunate to, to play college baseball and get his education paid for. And, you know, I was fortunate to, to you know, play college baseball at St. Thomas University and get my education paid for. And, mm. you know, it was, uh, it was definitely a blessing how uh, the sport, you know, allowed me to further my education and, you know, get off the island a little bit grow up and you know it was it was great to be in Miami you're close by family you're close yeah. by home and you still have that Latin culture which for me it was very important to, to be around because it still felt like home yeah um, and um, after that you know I decided to come back to Key West and you know get some sales experience because initially I wanted to become a pharmaceutical sales rep um, and Somehow that, that didn't work. Same you know? difference, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't work, but I'm glad it didn't because it, it wouldn't have led me here. Um, yeah. And then I saw my grandfather at the time, around 2009 after, you know, college. I saw how he was, you know, slowly, you know, aging and not being able to do certain things um, for, for himself. And, you know, I saw that and I, and I saw a couple more things here with our company that, really made me fall in love with it, you know, and, yeah. that, and that's the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people, you know, work and, you know, a, a lot of people live to work and a lot of people work to live, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I live to work, right. you know, I, I like coming in here every day and, yeah. you know, seeing people from all different parts of the world come on in here and either say, hey, I bought cigars off your grandfather for 25 years and I've known him personally and mm. I don't know who that person is, but... You know, when they find out that he's not longer here with us, you know, they get very emotional and, and they, yeah. they feel like they've lost a friend. And wow. that's happened quite a bit over the years. And, you know, it's taken me a, a, a lot to, to, you know, realize how important that is to keep this going for those people yeah. that supported us for many years and supported my grandfather for many years. And I, that, that to me was special because that connection you make with the, with the person. Yeah over a product that you create that has your name on it mm -hmm. means everything. Yeah. You're celebrating with your product. Yeah. This is not a habitual product that we make. We want this to be a celebratory product for special moments in life. Amen. And, yeah. and, and, and to be able to, to, to execute that with what we're doing now in our day-to-day -day operations, you know, means everything to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and that's the biggest reason why I want to continue doing this because of the love I have to not only represent you know my family but also put a product in your hand that you can rely on yeah so your grandfather what was his name angel angel rodriguez, angel rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, when did he pass he passed away about five years ago five years ago so how was he was he so he was he came here and he, and he, he rolled came, cigars he here came, he came here and he started this company in 1984 very simple operation you know, made cigars for himself, you know, made cigars for his friends, and then things started leading to, to more production. So he kind of did it, in, like, in his house or something Just like that. Just to kind of, you know, help out a local cigar company with yeah. production, and he realized that, you know, this is this is the cloth that I've been cut from. Yeah. I want to venture off and do my own thing. So, you know, we were lucky to, to land this, this location 
um, here in Kino Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 Ruiz family, you know that that own this plaza that you know created Kino Sandals. World the Ruiz famous. family. Yeah, that's damn. I gotta see if I'm related. Yeah, well, <laughs> it could be. I mean, they're right next door, but they they, they gave uh, my grandfather the opportunity to you know open operations here in this in this facility. And there's I'm gonna a, ask you a picture of them right there. You know, that's wow. uh that's the owner of Kino's right there who who passed away at about 100 101 years old. Wow. And that's my grandfather right there, and, and that and those 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 gentlemen have been friends for for 30 years and. You know, he knew my grandfather and said, hey, Angel, you, you roll great cigars, man. You need to come here, and we were going to set you up. And, you know, he was able to help out another, you know, Cuban family get established in the United States, which Excellent. was a blessing. I was going to ask you about facility because we always talk about place. And, I mean, I'm looking up and all this rough-hewn lumber, and I mean, it's, it's beautiful in here, man. Yeah. And the uh, floors that, I mean, I don't know where this tile came from. Yeah, I know. This is, uh, this is some, some old, you know, tile and some old, you know, Wood, I believe they got it from Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. the story that I've been told. Um, and uh, a lot of people have asked me, do not change this place. Uh, don't, don't, no. don't, 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 you know. I agree. You know, mess up the vintage kind it's of got quality. That old school you know, that feel when you walk in. You know, and, that's, and that's one of the things that I really wanted to, to, to show and, and, and provide the experience for clients or guests that come in through our doors is when you come to Rodriguez Cigars, you're going to be hit with all the senses mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna take a step back into time and and, and experience an old world tradition yeah and, yeah and we can't get away from that you know as soon as you walk in you're, you're the first thing you do is the aroma of the tobacco yeah the next thing you start hearing the salsa music and the aroma of Cuban coffee mm-hmm. then you start hearing the noise of people making cigars those elements you know are very 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 old world elements that have been going on for hundreds of years. So we've been talking about place. Uh, we, we had some other. Uh, we came with a, a group of guy friends, and we went to the Hemingway house and did a, a thing over there because we felt it was important to talk about Hemingway at his house, right? At one of his homes, at least. So we had the opportunity to do that yesterday. And but you, you're talking about these things, and this is this is kind of where we've been going. Is that I, I came downstairs a little while ago, and and Janet. Jeanette. Jeanette had made ca- uh, cafe. She'd made coffee, and I could smell it, and it just hit me in the face, you know. And I was like, oh. and, and right then, when I when I smell el cafecito, it takes you back. I'm thinking about everything: Co- my grandparents, my parents, my, yeah. my growing up as a kid. It just it flashes those in memories, those memories. And 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 you look, you walk into this place, and and this is I'm, I, I feel, this immediately when I walk in, I think 1970s for me because that's when I grew up. And this is what everything looked like back then. <laughs> you exactly. know? It was like the, the farm, the farmacia, the, the, yeah. the little market. Everything looked had this feel to it, you yeah. know. And it's it's something important because it, it gets to the heart, and I think we miss that uh, if we're not looking. You know, and 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 I want people not to look. I want people to see that right away, and, and that's what they and that's what they you know experience. Yes. Yeah. Is, is is as soon as they walk in here they see it very different than any other store in Key West, any other store in the Florida Keys. Yeah. You know, and we can't derivate from that. Yeah. That is something very, very important because, yeah, I can modernize the way that this looks, but it's not going to be authentic. Yeah. You yeah. know, speaking about Jeanette, Jeanette just came here, you know, roughly about four and a half years ago. Yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> and, uh, four months ago. Four years ago. Oh, four years ago. About, about oh, okay. four and a half years ago, she came here. Um, and it, it's been a blessing ever since because she's she's such a fantastic worker. You know, in Cuba, she used to be a seamstress. She used mm. to make dresses, you know, and immediately when I caught wind of that, I automatically assumed, wow, you know, you can be really good at this because you're very detailed-oriented with your hands. Yeah. And as you can see, she has one speed. She's not going too fast. She's not going too slow. She's on automatic. So she pilot. learned this here. I, I taught her. Wow. I taught her how to make cigars. She was she was looking for work, and I was like, "Are you interested to do this? Here's you know what you know we're going to be compensating you." At her eyes lit up, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do this. Wow. Show me." And then we started showing her, and then now, you know, she's she's taken off, you know, so much on her skill set. That, you know, she'll she'll give me a run for my money. Yeah. You know, because wow. of, of, of how Four years. experienced she was in, in small detailed work. 
And I don't even have to talk about my grandmother because she's been an absolute <laughs> machine since 1984. Yeah, yeah. And as you can see, you know, you guys, you know, are here watching her, but this is a place where, you know, people come in and, and, and see her manufacture and they're in awe about it, right? Yeah. But her being on this table means so much to her because this was my grandfather's table. Wow. And when he passed, she sat down at his table and started making cigars. Wow. You know, I, I'm one to believe that when I'm here by myself or with her and, you know, it's early in the morning and she she walks in, places some flowers right in front of my grandfather's painting, you know, out of respect and homage to him, she sits down on this table. That's the closest that she is with him. Wow. You know, she's, she feels like she is right next to him speaking with him at times honestly it's one yeah. of the most incredible things I've ever seen mm. and, I, and I look at that just about every single day and it makes me fall in love more and more about what I'm doing mm. and, and where I want to take this yeah. because this is a story about the sacrifice that a family had to make to come here yeah. and continue to work and to continue to fulfill that opportunity just like you have yeah. just like your family has yeah. and that to me it's the, it's, it's, no, it's not a price tag story. on that. No. It, it's there, you can't put a price on that, <clears throat> and that means a lot. Yeah, that's yeah exactly. So I that wanted that leads me to my next question. You you go to college. You want you you you're you want to study farm pharmaceuticals, and then you come here, and what happens when when you what what is when is your what gets you in? What gets you wanting to start working in the cigar industry? Well, I um, again, I had uh, I had the opportunity to, to to work here with my grandfather and use it as a stepping stone. So you start. Now, what did you start doing when you started working? When here? I started when I started working here, I, I started tending the desk. Okay. And then, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother were still here, you know, with us. And you know, I sat down one day because I was tired of, you know, just being at the desk of talking to customers and, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to learn more. And so my grandfather says, come over here, sit down. And I was like, come on, really? You're going to teach me how to make cigars? He's like, if you want to be the head of the company, you must learn how to make cigars. Wow. If not, I'm not going to give you that opportunity. So like any grandfather or any father, they want you to learn from the ground up. Mm -hmm. They want you to learn the basics of your craft. Yeah. Because I feel like if I wouldn't have learned this craft, how can people actually take us serious or take me serious about knowing the caliber or knowing the anatomy on how to create a cigar? Yeah. It wouldn't be real, right? Right. It would be fictitious. Mm -hmm. I'm not about that. I wanted to learn, so I sat down and I and and, and you know did not make a lot of great cigars yeah. by his standard at first, which, <laughs> of course, yeah. you know, if he was still around, the type of standards that man had, I still wouldn't be making cigars up to his standard because that's yeah. how much of a perfectionist he was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I learned two or three years with, underneath him um, to, to make this product. And, you know, it, it, it was very difficult. It was it was it was a culture shock for me because if you're a kid that just graduated from Holy, college, yeah, I was... 26, 20, 20, 25? Yeah. 20, somewhere around the mid-20s. Yeah. Mid-20s. So you thought you knew everything you wanted to conquer just, well. just, Just came out of college, fresh out of college. You know, I was, I was fortunate to get a master's degree in business, so I'm fresh out of college. And now my first job out of college with a master's degree in business is to roll cigars. Yeah. How would you, how would you <laughs> take that? How would you, how would you take that, honestly? How would I take? Yeah, it? I mean, if I met you. And yeah, that was your... well, if if you were in my in my position, in your Listen. first job after after getting a, a you know a hundred and fifty thousand dollar education, your yeah, first yeah. job after that is yeah. to now make cigars and sit on a table and make cigars. That's well, a little if bit. If it was of a, my dad, I, it's I, a culture shock. He'd be yeah, he'd be kind of like, wait, what are you what are you doing? But exactly. If but if it's the family business. It, it, it's a different story. Yeah. But see, I didn't get that at first. Yeah. I didn't understand what that meant. No one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand what that meant, but I'm glad I took that route because now I can teach, you know, our associates if, if there's a correction that needs to be made, I can instruct them to make that correction. You know, if there's something that needs to be yeah. modified, 
anything at all regarding that. Now, taking that knowledge to our facility in Nicaragua, I'm in front of people that are producing prototypes left and right. Yeah. Okay? You can know how to make a cigar. Mm -hmm. But knowing how you can change a cigar from, let's say, this particular flavor profile to now let's enhance this prototype. How do you enhance with that? With the blends, right? With the blends. Yeah. How do you know how to modify that? You got to learn it. You have to know what materials yeah. you're working with, what seed lines you're yeah. working with, what primings of tobacco you're working with, yeah. you know, how to blend it, how to construct it, how to age it, how to fermentate That's it. the flavor. The quality of the standard of, of our quality control. Mm-hmm. Okay? How are you... And how can you do all these steps every right. day at a high level? It's, yeah. I mean, and... and Within those steps, there's a thousand details. You know, the cigar industry, what, what I've been taught was what type of raw material are you getting? Good, bad, great. Yeah. How are you blending this raw material? How are you constructing this raw material? Okay? Yeah. What are your quality control standards? What, what goes in the box and what doesn't? Mm -hmm. How are you aging this material? And how many times can you do that every day at a high level? But again, what I was saying is each individual, you know, point of the cigar industry, there's a thousand million details that have to be addressed in order to get the final product at a high level. Yeah. That is not found on the Internet. Nope. That is not found in textbooks in the library. That is found by knowledge passed down through generations. Handed down. It's an unwritten... I would say degree history. History. <laughs> in tobacco. And it's a history. And, 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 yeah. yeah, correct. So yeah. I had to go to school all over again. Yeah. You got your doctorate. You know, well, <laughs> <laughs> I like to consider my grandfather a Jedi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he, he was very knowledgeable, and my grandmother as well. You know, she, she knows the different, you know, cuts and harvests, you know, of, of this, of growing tobacco. She knows how how to grow the tobacco to a certain height before you start priming the tobacco, before you start harvesting the leaves, then taking those leaves into the tobacco barns, and then taking those into pilongs, and then taking those into packages that now can sit for three to five years minimum. See, that, that side is the, the growing side. Yeah. This side is now the manufacturing side. That's completely different. But for us to have knowledge in the growing side gives us the upper hand on how to produce the cigar right. by knowing what leaves to work with, what primings of the leaves to work with, all revolving around taste. Now, when you, you we're talking about the growing process. When did when did uh, you tell me how you got into uh, uh, Nicaragua? Getting over there, uh, did you buy land? Uh, what, what, it's a what's very very there? interesting story, um, and it 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 really. And was your grandfather able to go down there as my, well? My grandfather passed away before that. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you a quick story about how I believe, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, back in 2000, I want to say 2011, mm -hmm. 2012, right around there, when my grandfather was, you know, passing, you know, and, and you know, not being able to have a quality of life. Um, and he was just deteriorating, poor man. You know, I, I continued to work and do things to get by and, and whatnot until he, he, he finally passed. After that, my grandmother never came into this facility. She mm. didn't step foot in here after he passed away because it was just too much for her. You know, and things started getting frustrated because, you know, you want to do things for the family, you know, you, you want to grow this company, you want to do, you know, and I would say pay homage to, to what my grandfather has allowed me to be with, you know, a company mm -hmm. in his yeah. name. I get a call from the Travel Channel saying that they want to do a story on Rodriguez Cigars. Okay. From the Andrew Zimmerman Bizarre Food Show. Oh, well. We're talking about, a, you know, a pretty yeah. large program here. So I'm saying, wow, this is this is this is big. Mm -hmm. So we made the connection, brought them down here, and they wanted to film in our store. Mm -hmm. And I told my grandmother, I was like, oh, well, I, you know, we have to have you here. 
you know, we're going to be on a major television show here. You have to come back. Yeah. So after begging and begging and begging, and, and, and she finally realized the, 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 ser- the seriousness of and the magnitude of these people coming here, she finally came back. We did the show. Mm-hmm. It was a success. You know, the TV show shot here in, in our house, filming uh, the Cubans in the kitchen, and you know how wow. a catastrophe, <laughs> how yes. that could be amongst family members, <laughs> yeah. you know, arguing and saying, we need more sazon, or we yeah, need yeah, more cumin, yeah. or we need more limon, we, you know what I mean? It, yeah. was, it, was, it was fantastic how they captured the culture. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's, <laughs> la- she's laughing right now because she knows what I'm talking yeah. about. And she came back. And after the, the show premiered on, on television, people started coming in this particular facility asking for her. Where's, where's your grandmother? Where's your grandmother? So she felt alive again. She felt a part of something. Yeah. So that brought her back. But when I, when I, when I sit and I think about it, you know, I, I just I can't stop to just look up and, and, and just thank the Lord and, and my grandfather for, I believe, working together to, to yeah. give me that opportunity. And that is when I finally realized that this is something that I need to do. For something like that to happen, it was incredible. Yeah. After that, to answer your next question about Nicaragua. So we make continued cigars and continued cigars here. And then I get a phone call from my cousin in Miami, who's a cigar roller for a local man there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, you know, I got a job with these people. They, they seem to be ahead of the game, you know, in the industry have access to a lot of great raw material and have access to, you know, a lot of resources and facilities in Nicaragua. And so I said, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk. And we, we came into conversation, who is now, you know, ahead of my production. His name is Guillermo Peña, and, and, and he's a very, very resourceful man, very, very well-connected man that has a lot of access in Nicaragua. Um, and which was another blessing mm-hmm. that came in my direction. Yeah. Something that I didn't go out to try and seek. You know, so yeah. things start coming in your direction, you know, it makes you start understanding that, yes, stay here. Yeah. Make it better. And in 2011, 2012, we finally made the move to now work with this gentleman. And who's now a part of our family? We consider him a part of our family, and and, and likewise for him. Um, right now, we've been able to, to to make the cigars in Miami, and and now expand it to, to Nicaragua with total production of our three premium blends, as opposed to the ones that you see are being made here. Okay. So to have the access to the raw material. Yeah. To have access to people that know how to construct, mm-hmm. to have access to people that know how to blend and, and do all those main factors in this industry is what I've been blessed with. Yeah. And that's when we finally made the decision to, to now take production from Miami to Nicaragua. Mm. And now all of our blends are being made there with the same seed lines, okay, the same type of tobacco, um, just a more enhanced priming just more enhanced raw materials than what we've ever had five, six, eight years ago. So that's how we made the transition to Nicaragua, mm-hmm. you know, by something that I believe that happened for a reason. Yeah. Something that I can't tell you why it happened, but it did. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, another blessing, I would say. Right, right. Just providential almost, right? Yeah. It seems that way, yeah. you know, it yeah. seems that way for me. And, and I think when you take a look at, you know, how opportunities come in your way, you tend to not take things for granted, you know, in your life. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've learned and I've learned that more, more, more now than ever, you know. So tell me about your product. You said you had the, the three premium lines in, yeah. in, in we Nicaragua. Have, we have three premium blends. Mm-hmm. The Reserva Pravada, the Series 84, Series 84 Maduro, and we've you know, been working on a couple of other things in the pipeline now for quite a few years. And um, basically what I wanted to do was, was compete. You yeah. know, I wanted to compete in this industry that, that, that is very, very large, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and many people are in it, as you know. The, the, the one thing that I wanted to do, and this is the baseball side coming out of me, you play the game to win. You play the game to win. Yeah. 
you got to put the best product on the field to win the baseball game. You got to put the best product in the box to get respect, yeah. to get the loyalty of your customers. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, if 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 one is not in the cigar industry to produce something of high caliber, what type of product are you putting in the box? How are you supposed to win the game? Yeah. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. But there's different niches in this industry. You know, there's premium cigars, there's ultra premium cigars, there's cigars that are value cigars. Right. There's different niches in here. But when there's a family name tagged on a product, the only way to hold that name up to a high standard is by putting the best product in that box. Yeah. And the story. I'd rather have one box of premium cigars that are constructed perfectly, that have incredible flavors, than 10,000 boxes of cigars that are perhaps maybe mediocre. Yeah. That's just me. Right. You know, I can't speak on the behalf of other people, but I'd rather have one box of incredible cigars yeah. than 10,000 boxes of something that could probably be mediocre at the end of the day. We have these big conglomerates, right? What, so one of them is uh, cigar. Is it not cigars international? What's what's the, um, the the ones that own labels like uh, the the AJ, the stuff AJ Fernandez is rolling? Um, a lot general? of the uh, yeah for general cigars. Sorry, I was the name. He's doing a fantastic job, yeah. by the way. Oh, he's yeah. AJ, he's AJ Fernandez yeah. is is uh, is 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 doing what he what. A lot of Cubans are doing in this industry, which is pushing out a great product with our heritage attached to it, and and, and, yeah. and he's and he's and he's a monster. He's doing he he's is. doing really well. He's a beast. Yeah, I love I love anything he's rolled has been with his name on it has been my favorite. I think is the um, the uh, uh, oil d'amistad. I believe is that the one that's got, is that what it's called. Um, I, I think I think the the one is is dedicating that blend to Ojo de Monterrey. Yeah, Oil de Monterrey, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's done a fantastic stuff with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, My Father's Cigars is another one. When yeah. We're, you know, we, we're, our, our people that are, you know, working with us are very close to that family. And I've had the pleasure to, to sit down with, you know, Don Pepin Garcia and, and, and Jaime and have cigars and break yeah. bread and, and, mm. and have a good time in, in Nicaragua. And let me tell you, they are a class act family huh. from top to bottom. Mm. The wife, the, you know, the, the sons, the daughters, you yeah. know, the aunts, all of them. Yeah. Top notch, top notch. I could show you photos, you know, in Nicaragua, and, you know, we, you know, had dinner with them, and, and, you know, who am I next to a monster like that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, for them to, to sit down with, to with me to, to open you, yeah. up, you know, yeah. just, just a, 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 their home to, to have dinner and conversation was very, very, very humbling. And it just says a lot, you know, about, you know, my father's cigars and, and that team over there. So General Cigar owns a lot of labels. Correct. Right. So, I, and this is a question. I'm not, this is not me passing judgment. I'm, I'm asking a question. Yeah. Not, I'm not judgment against you, but against them or any right. of the families that, that, or labels that they have. How, what's the general consensus about someone like General Cigar, a company like, a monster like General Cigar, owning all these old labels? What, what's, what's kind of the feel about that? It, you know, it's, is, there, is there any uh, kind of regret over that, that these, these names have fallen under one big conglomerate? or how no, do, no, I mean, that, that really doesn't bother me yeah. at all. You know, I mean, more power to them for, yeah. for you know, taking that direction. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not one to, to judge or be biased on, you know, anybody in the cigar industry. You know, I've been taught that, you know, the product that we're smoking comes from the earth. You know, God allowed, allowed us to harvest this product. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I to, to judge another person on their product? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. The beautiful part about this is that, you know, God has given them the opportunity to harvest tobacco and make a cigar to allow them a livelihood. Whether yeah. they're a millionaire, a billionaire, or a guy that's just, you know, comfortable with a simple way of life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we're all using something that was created by God for, you know, our livelihood. For me, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference who is what and yeah. doing what. For me, it's all about what I can control here at Rodriguez Cigars. Right. Would you like to see Rodriguez Cigars stay autonomous? Like, you know, just your, your own I would. I would like to see Rodriguez Cigars be able to now 
be recognized, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I feel like we, you know, we have been recognized. You know, what's the end of the line for recognition? Yeah. When is it, when do you reach the top? When have you reached, you know, success? I feel like I have done that. You know, not being measured by volume and how many cigars you sell. Right. Like but quality. by being able to produce a product that can compete with your family name on it. That's the only thing that I care about. And these are, again, I just want to say, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. This is a great cigar. Wow. <laughs> I love I, this cigar. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. You know, it means a lot to hear you say that. And I can't wait for you to light that one up. Right, Dan. So tell me, tell me what I'm holding here oh. and, and well, what I've got. And then I want you to talk a little bit about, I, I know you had some, some new stuff upstairs. Marcus and I are both about to light up these up. Um, the, the cutter's right there. Okay. But there was a, um, so tell us what we got here and then, you're going in some box press, which Marcos is going to be really happy about. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah I don't have, care for have, the box oh, press. Yeah. But. <laughs> the box press is a fantastic cigar, and it shows craftsmanship. The company is that's going to go above and beyond normal, you know, fabrication methods of a cigar being cylinder. The company that's going to go above and beyond to make a box press is only showing craftsmanship on another level. Okay. Bottom line, it's an extra level of craftsmanship. The box press. The box yeah. press. And to me, it's very comfortable to hold in your hand. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. also very difficult to make. Because if you're going to make a 50 ring gauge, and you're going to box press a 50 ring gauge, you have to fill it with a 48 or a 49 less because it's getting compressed. You make a 50 in a round cylinder press, and you decide to box press that, you're going to have a long day, my friend, because <laughs> you're not going to be able to draw that. So the box press is now taking it to a new level of craftsmanship. You know, that's saying, hey, look, listen, this is what we're doing. Check it out. Do you know when the box press started being made? Oh, man. Is that old school or is that a... Uh... You know, traditionally, it, 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 it's not. I don't think it was, yeah. you know, a very, very, you know, old school thing that started, you know, 200 years ago. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't I, I can't answer that question, you know, 100% because I don't even know the year that the box press came out. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not too familiar with, with how the box press came about. All I know is, is that there's nothing sexier than a box press torpedo. Mm. Yeah, that no. sounds. That sounds. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a right. beautiful cigar. Once constructed, right. right, a box press torpedo or a box press perfecto or figurado. Yeah, that's a beautiful cigar. Now, does Abuela know know anything box press from the old days? She, she's old school. She 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 rolls her. She likes to roll her cigars around. And you know, I've showed her a couple things. You know, on on, on box press little samples that I've made. And she looks at it and she's like, "Pero qué? So what is this?" You know? <laughs> you know. So she's still setting her old ways. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what you're holding in your hand is a, is something that, uh, you know, my grandfather, you know, worked on, you know, quite a few years back and. Um, I wanted to bring it to life again, which is uh, a full-body cigar, Nicaraguan filler and binder, Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. It's a bellicoso size. And what I really wanted to do with that blend was extract a lot of complex flavors of a dark cocoa, coffee, creamy textured flavor profile that has a balance of strength. I'm going to die on that, Marcus. Damn, Danny. That cigar. <laughs> that, this is really good. That, 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 that cigar is what we call Fuertaleza Fina. What does that mean? Fuertaleza Fina means fine strength. Yes. Which means that fine it strength. can easily... Be a very two-dimensional cigar in the facility when you're making that prototype. If the materials you are using and the way that you balance those materials are correct, right. you will get Fuertaleza Fina, which means you're not tasting the strength. You are feeling the strength. That but is like you're tasting coffee. the flavor profile of okay, the Okay, so it wasn't just me, right? The right. first draw. The first draw was, it was like coffee and cinnamon. <laughs> And and clove. I got the I got the idea. You know, it's interesting that you say clove because I even thought uh, a couple days ago when I was smoking that I got 
a couple hints of anise. Yeah, and that's what it was. Or anise, some type yeah, yeah. of sweeter baking spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. for me is 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 a very difficult characteristic or a difficult difficult flavor note to extract out of a but cigar. But it didn't burn. I mean, there was no burn at the beginning. No. It was just flavor. By the way, Danny just taught me how to retrohale. Tell, and I'm tell doing us it, about I'm that, Mark. Like, uh, he, you know, tell, tell what you said about retrohaling. Retrohaling is very, very important when it comes down to tasting the cigar and judging its strength. For instance, we're smoking a cigar like this, right? And we're blowing the smoke totally out of our palate, totally out of our mouth. Yeah. Right? You haven't passed the smoke through your nose. When you pass the smoke through your nose, mild cigars, you don't get a burn yeah. or a fullness in your nasal cavity. A medium to full, you will get a fullness in your nasal cavity. The more fullness, the more burn, right? the more body, the more strength, the more nicotine that the cigar should have. Now, have you ever had a cigar that if you were to blow it out of your nose, retrohale, you don't get too much, you don't get no burn, it's like air coming through your nose. That cigar doesn't have enough body. Yeah. So the point that I'm trying to make is that if you retrohale a cigar and you don't get a whole lot of burn, now it's up to the manufacturer to, to make a complex flavor. Right. Because there's mild cigars that are complex. There's medium cigars that are complex. There's full-bodied cigars that are complex. That retrohale and adding the smoke or pushing the smoke through your nose gives you another way to identify if it's mild, medium, or full, and your palate is judging the complexity and the refined flavor of the blend. Okay. So when you can get this technique down and you will try other cigars in the industry, you will now know who is mild, medium, or full and who is complex or not. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, listen, I, need, I needed that. I needed to Dana, learn that. Dana, 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 yeah. Dana, I'm just going to say this. This, Marcus and I have smoked a lot of cigars. Yep. Probably more than most men deserve in them. <laughs> we have actually sat down with boxes and smoked them like they were good for us. <laughs> this cigar is fantastic. It is. It is. This is a winner. If you don't put this out into the world, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to. I, I can assure you. I can assure you. But that was probably one of the most difficult cigars to blend, and I'll tell you why. The Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper is so saturated with oils and nicotine content. And that wrapper holds a lot of water and moisture. It's very thick. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the facility and you have to condition this wrap with water to make it pliable to work with, to put it on a cigar, mm -hmm. you know, apply the final wrapper, that wrapper holds so much moisture in it that it needs so much time drying and curing in the rooms to make it at a combustible state for it now to burn correctly. The Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper is one of the most infamous wrappers on the market that have trouble burning because mm. they hold moisture they hold oils and now it's coming down to the binders yeah helping with the combustion so, as well as the filter so how long is this taking to to, to get that's to taking me about product? that's taking well my grandfather blended the same seed line you're smoking years ago i've had the opportunity to now get a higher grade of seed line, a higher grade of primings from those seed lines to now reconstruct and re-blend that. Because there's seven different species of tobacco in that cigar. Mm. You're only as strong as the weakest link on the team, right? Right. What if you have two or three leaves that are not of high grade in that blend? That's going to be holding back the overall integrity of that blend mm -hmm. to a certain level of quality, right? Right. What if you now take those two leaves that were in a high grade, that were holding back the blend, and now you enhance them because now you have access to do that and enhance that blend with the same seed line, just a better priming of the leaf, aged a lot longer to now make that cigar. It's going to be a better cigar. Yes. 
because the car doesn't necessarily have to perform with the engine. It's the tires, it's the steering wheel, it's the driver, it's the brakes, it's the transmission. There's so many moving parts, just like the cigar. So it's taken me a while to ensure that all these raw materials were at a high level, aged for a significant amount of time before we made the cigar. I'm talking leaf here, yeah. leaf form, mm -hmm. before we made that cigar. Now we've been able to construct that, so not only are you going to get great flavor, you're going to get great construction, you're going to get a great burn. Not from the middle of the cigar to the end, but from the start to the finish. Yeah. Look at the burn on that thing. But tell us about the crest. I didn't, I didn't, you, the crest, dude. That is a crazy story about how that crest came about. You see, you see the, the crest. crest right there, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. When you look at it, you see the crown, the keys crossing, and established in 1984. The keys crossing. The keys crossing. Florida yeah. Keys, right? Yeah, I wanted to do yeah. something with the Florida Keys, and then the keys just stuck in my mind for some reason. I couldn't get it out of it. But do you see the crown there? Mm hmm. You see the three stars underneath? Yes. The stars are my grandfather, my grandmother, and my great aunt who established this in Cuba. Your great aunt. Part of my grand my grandmother's sister. My grandmother's side, and I can show you photos of my grandmother's brother in the facilities in nineteen fifty five. I'll show you some photos of it. Oh I'd love to see that. Y'all, yeah. it's fantastic. So I decided to put the crown there because I wanted something of elegance. I wanted something, you know, that represented the floor keys. But when I came out with this, I didn't know that there was meaning behind this. Yeah. My buddy, um, he, he calls me up, and um, he's a great guy. Um, his name is Boston Jimmy. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's, a, he's, a, he's mm -hmm. well, you know, in depth and, and well into the cigar industry, okay. you know, with, uh, you know, his media platforms. And he's like, dude, perfect. I love it. Yeah. King of the Keys since 1984. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, are you serious, dude? He's like, yeah, dude, it's right there, right in front of you. King I'm of like, I looked at it and I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> perfect. I'll run with it, you know? So he emphasized that, but that initially wasn't my intention to make that logo. I wanted something of elegance, something that, you know, was a little bit different. Yeah. That not only paid homage to our family, but the Florida Keys at the same time. So yeah. that's how that came about. And I <laughs> very, love to say, nice. you are the only manufacturer here in the Keys. The oldest manufacturer. The oldest There's a couple of smaller ones, you know, in the Keys, but yeah. they, they haven't been around as long as us. You know, we're the oldest company slash manufacturer in the Keys, and, um, you know, we, we preserve that historical industry here in Key West that started 185 years ago. You know, this industry was so big in Key West by 1875, man, there were over 30 million cigars being produced here. Right. It was the largest cigar-making capital city in the United States at that time. Ebor started here. Vicente Martinez Ebor started making cigars here in the late 1860s. Yeah. By 1875, that man produced 10 million cigars that year. What made him go to Tampa again? Because I, I read lot, about a it. A lot of it had to do with logistics not making sense and the fire of 1886. Okay. A lot of people thought that it was industrial espionage mm -hmm. because there was 15, 20 manufacturers here making thousands, millions of cigars, all stacked next to one another on a small island. Yeah. You have so much competition in a small area. What do you think is going to happen? Right. Blow it up. Somebody may <laughs> light a match. Yeah, yeah. So the construction aspect of these buildings back then were strictly made of wood. Not a whole lot of concrete or stone back then, you know, with a lot of the companies that were operating with manufacturing of cigars. Some had that structure. Some didn't. So we, we, we believe that not only it was just one reason, but... He seeked out another location because if you're an island in the middle of the ocean... Well, the Spanish were after him, too. Disconnected from the mainland. Yeah. Then they did not have no roads. Right. It was all done by boat. Yeah. Okay? So imagine yourself importing leaves from Cuba, mm -hmm. making the cigar in Key West, importing your cigars to Tampa, Florida. They had the largest distribution of railroads in the state. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go there? 
So he went there, cost of real estates were cheaper on the mainland, okay? No competition or very few. He might he was probably the first one to establish it. That's why it's called Ebor City. Yeah. It was a no-brainer. So he left late 1800s, early 1900s, started operations in Tampa. Cost of real estate was less. Really low, yeah. Distribution was a lot easier to get to. Okay? Like a so it was very, very, very positive and a, and, a, and, a, and a successful business decision to do so. Yeah. So he left and took 40% of the tobacco industry with him. 40%. Of the Key West wow. tobacco industry he took with him. Yeah. So it was very, very, very detrimental to this local economy. But at the same time, a new industry emerged, which was the cultivation of seafood. And huh. that became the leading exported good. There you go. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? You all right? That's the best Cuban sandwiches in town. This guy oh, makes really? it here Where? at the store. The Shell Gas Station. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> his son does a hell of a job over there. Let me tell you. That's Cuban my sandwiches best, on the way home. That, that's my, yeah, that's my morning stop every day before I come to work. The Shell Gas Station? Correct. Okay. So... Um, to, to, to finish up that point is that Ebor made a strategical decision that benefited in his favor. Yeah. And that was the decline of this industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as the times went by, the tobacco industry started going downhill in Key West and started arising in Tampa. And in that time, in 1912, 1915, 1920, the cultivation of seafood in Key West was the leading exported good from this island. I'm talking about lobster, yeah, shrimp, yeah. sponges, you know, yeah. fish, turtles, conch, yeah. all that stuff was being harvested. So Key West shifted its interest in the cigar industry and now focused more on the seafood industry. What do you think of uh, the big cigar factory there, his big cigar factory being bought by Scientology? Did you see that? Uh, we're in uh, in, in Ebor. Ebor. Uh, you know, I haven't really, I haven't really touched or Brother, researched the, the whole, topic. They're buying all of Tampa, Clearwater, all of it. And they bought the, the his old cigar factory. And when you go by there now, they still have the steps where Madi gave his uh, his speech when he went to talk to the, you know, try to get the Cubans over there to come back to Cuba to to fight against the uh, the Spanish. And they still have the Cuban flag, but there's there's a Scientology thing right there. And when you go there, I went there with my, my son, and my son, he's, t- he's nine, or not, he's ten, but he was uh, like eight at the time. And, and we took, wanted to take a picture, and these people, are, they come out and they stare at you. Like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, this is ours, man. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, and, I, and, I've, and I've had the pleasure to talk with Cynthia Fuente. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Key West, you know, she's a lovely lady. And, let me, and, and we're talking about another Cuban family. Yeah. You know, that understands this culture, that understands, you know, how much pride you got to put in your product. I mean, Fuente, I mean, you know, come on. They, 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 they are fantastic, and they're, they're a monster in this yeah, industry. They are. You know, and when I look at, you know, them as a whole, as a company, you have to pay a respect to them. Yeah. You know, because they, they're, they were one of the first and leading Cuban, you know, American families starting their tradition in the United States, yeah. you know, with tobacco, you know, and they, and they, and I can't say anything, you know, more positive about people like that because, yeah. you know, they, 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 they are one of the pillars yeah. of the cigar industry here in the United States and throughout the world. Right. You know, so, so they did a great job. Now you mentioned Fuente. Let me ask you, because this is a question we've been asking and we've been, we've been, you know, pondering and we asked it yesterday at Hemingway's house. Did Hemingway enjoy cigars, Ernest Hemingway? Do you know the Do you know the answer to that question? Well, I won't hold you to. I mean, honestly, uh, if, What's I had, if, I, if I had to take a gander at it, mm-hmm. I would probably have to say yeah, because he frequent Cuba. You know, he visited you know Cuba often. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a man of adventure. But well, he lived there for twenty years. You know, so, he yeah. well, he had a house there, <laughs> had a house here. Yeah. He had houses all over the place. Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's funny that we're talking about it because I actually had the pleasure to speak with his grandson, uh, Ernest Hemingway's grandson. Oh, really? You know, uh, last year or when uh, the Hemingway Rum Company opened the distillery here in Key West, and, and we talked a lot about his, his grandfather, you know, as he asked me questions about my grandfather. And it was a very, you know, unique conversation, as I'll show you here 
in uh, one of our photos on Instagram about how this man just lived life to the fullest, about how this man just completely put the normal aspect of the human being life to the side and say, I want to go out I mean, and I want to seek adventure. I want to do things that are not necessarily a normal thing to do on a day in day in basis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fishing for the marlin in the middle of the ocean, you know, going to Africa and, and doing all these things. This man joined, you know, the war and 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 and, and was a soldier. This man was very interesting. Yeah. If I had to take a bet, I would say yeah, he yeah. smoked his Sierra cigars because if you're in Cuba There's and, no and photographs you, of it. You yeah. know, I I, I, I honestly would would guess at this point yeah. to say yeah well, no, the, I'm pretty sure he might have tried a cigar. The, the experts have said he absolutely would have in the moments he yeah yeah wasn't part of his mythology, but he would have yeah 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 I agree that's that's cool all right well Danny it's been a pleasure speaking with you man I really Likewise. appreciate it um, thank you for coming it's been a pleasure thank you for inviting us to sit with you really it's an honor no, to, man. to have well, met you honestly the pleasure the pleasure and the honor is, is ours brother where where can people pick up your cigars well our people can pick up our cigars they can purchase directly from us mm -hmm. you know our our new website rodriguezcigarskeywest.com mm -hmm. it's going to be up and running in a couple of weeks to now allow people to purchase direct from us and we have you know retailers across the country you know in in, in certain areas in the country we're not everywhere we know that but we're in the right places so certain locations you know certain retailers in some states where people can give us a call you know or visit our website and they or they can, can come to Key West to or they can come to Key West and do their fishing and you know hang out at Rodriguez Cigars do the bar stroll yeah. and you know, come and visit us and, and sit down like you guys are doing and purchase directly from us and get them a great experience. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. I you appreciate it, it Danny. Pleasure. We got it.